Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hi. You know that movie you always wanted to see, but you didn't for whatever reason? Well, I call those black hole films. Everyone has them, and this podcast aims to do something about that. I'm Jeremy Lalonde, and every episode I'll be joined by one or more guests to watch a film that at least someone in that group hasn't seen. We'll talk about our expectations of it before it, and then our thoughts after it. This is episode 47 and part two of A Double Bill. I was joined by Alex Paxton Beasley, an actor on Cardinal, Pure, Murdoch Mysteries, The Strain, Copper, Norm Wilner from Now Magazine, also with his own podcast, Someone Else's Movie, actor Dave Tampa. From The Expanse, Odd Squad, The Girlfriend Experience, and then a bunch of my stuff. And last but not least, Ryan Goldhar, executive producer on How to Plan an Origin in a Small Town, Sex After Kids, and producer of upcoming film Becoming Burlesque. And we all sat down to watch another film together. So we're sitting down to watch the second part of our double feature. This is Your Friends and Neighbors. Uh, <laughs> Two of us are not sitting. Where are we going? <laughs> That's true. Uh, I'm Jeremy. I'm, I'm Jeremy. I've seen this film. I think I've only actually seen it once or twice, and it was back when I was in college. So I, I remember very specific moments of it, uh, but it'll be kind of new to me again. Uh, so Ryan, uh, total black hole. Not only from never seeing it, Never heard of it. <laughs> Do you, and you don't even know who's in it. No. So much fun. Oh, that's going to be interesting. Uh, I'm Alex, and I am exactly like Ryan. I have n- I have no idea what's about to happen. Actually, I know less oh, about this than I knew about the last movie. I'm Nothing. so excited about that. <laughs> cool. Norm has seen it because he's seen everything. I've seen it. I did a couple of interviews for it at the time, but now I don't even want to say who I talked to because Ryan doesn't we'll know who's in it. It's going to be an awesome yeah. surprise. <laughs> I'm Dave. Uh... I have heard about it. I've never seen it. And in fact, I watched the trailer when you said you're doing the double feature because I so much did not want to watch Sex Lies and Videotape that I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to go. And then I watched the trailer for your friends and neighbors. So I was like, I definitely want to go because <laughs> the trailer intrigues me so much. Yeah. And it's like, that's way more of my, my kind of film than... What well, my memory of Sex, Lies, and Videotape. Oh, great. But if you listen to last week, you'll realize that I love Sex, Lies, and Videotape, and my younger self was an ignoramus. <laughs> I purposely, because I, I assumed you guys might come into this so blind, I actually covered up, I have the discs, so you couldn't see the cover of your friends in case, in case you didn't know who the cast was, because I thought that would be especially fun. Crazy. <laughs> oh, so there's not much to say because you guys. I don't want to say. I don't want to ruin anything. So okay. do you know much about Neil Butte's movie? Because Neil Butte's really. a weird filmmaker in mm-hmm. that he's very much of that one for you, one for me mentality, <laughs> where he does like a weird big studio movie and then does his very dark comedy. The number of times that I've gone, oh, this is a Neil Butte movie, is like like all the time. But that essentially means nothing to me. Like I've said yeah. that so many times. I don't know. What that means. No, it's, I don't even know what that sentence means. <laughs> it just means you've watched The Wicker Man like seven times. There it is. Well, but I mean, is I that have. a Neil Lebut? Yes, it is. Oh, yes, it is. But I always eyes. think also of like cool. for him, it's like he's got this trilogy that is in the company of men, your friends and neighbors, and Shape of Things. Oh, that's <laughs> now I understand. Oh, Neil Lebut. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, the Shape of Things is like theater school forever. Like, yeah, that's the entirety of sure. theater school. But he hasn't really made a movie like that since Shape of Things. No, right? no, he's gone into studio stuff like and and weird personal projects. I guess like Lakeview Terrace which was supposed to be about exploding racism, but really just about Samuel Jackson terrorizing a white guy. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, it's an interesting concept, but Neil LeBute movies usually have more yeah. intensity, grounding. Like his whole, his thing about The Wicker Man is, what if we turn it into a film about misogyny? Which, yeah, okay, but it still didn't work. <laughs> um, yeah. But the movie he made was the movie he wanted to make. It's just, it, it doesn't marry the things that it's trying to marry. But... His first, these three films, and The Shape of Things, I think, was a play. It was the only one yeah, of the yeah. three that was a and play the Company first. of Men was awesome. Yeah, Company of Men was his first feature. was was designed as a film, right? mm-hmm. not a stage thing. Yep. This was a film as well. And these three movies are the sort of the defining artistic statement of this guy. It's like, I'm going to have a truth teller, and I'm going to have betrayers. It's very, and it echoes really beautifully, with, as we were saying, with, uh, with Sex, Lies, and Videotape, because yeah. one kind of begets the others. But this one, I think, is maybe, and you'll see, the most Neil LeBute movie. Really? Yeah, yeah you're in. Okay. So I, we want can, to can I just more say that I really, really, really want Nicolas Cage to be in this movie. 
You're really going to be disappointed. Yeah. Damn it! That's one thing Does anybody talk about Nicolas Cage <laughs> in this movie? Maybe. Does anyone punch Kathy Bates in the face yes. in this movie? Yes! Kathy Bates punches herself in the face. Have you seen Does the Wicker Man? Because it's, it's. No, I haven't seen the Wicker Man. I'm kidding. Kathy Bates is not in the movie. It wasn't Kathy Bates. I saw, I saw the Bees clip and I was like, no. No, because. No, that's right. He bike jacks Molly Parker. Yeah. Yeah, he does a lot anyway. <laughs> We're talking about the Wicker Yeah, we should just watch <laughs> the Wicker Man. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's great. It's great. All right. Triple feature. I don't want to say too much more because okay. I'm really excited just okay. for you guys to go in as blind as possible. Right, I'm going to look it up while I'm outside. No, I mean, what? <laughs> all right, we'll be right back. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. All right. Jesus Christ, Tampa. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I didn't know. It's good. It's a double feature. It should be in both. Yeah, it's a callback joke to last week. <laughs> <laughs> it's a running gag. Unintentional. Uh, uh, so we just finished. <laughs> Everyone's sitting silently munching chocolate. <laughs> well, it's so delicious. It's a coping strategy. Yeah, yeah, that's a tough movie to watch second. <laughs> yeah. That's a tough movie to watch. Yeah. Yeah, there's also that. So let's just get right. So Norm and I know have seen this movie. We yeah. kind of had knew what we were coming into. It almost makes Sex Lies really sweet by comparison. It's like a romantic oh, comedy by it comparison. It makes Sex Lies into an Oscar performance. Yeah. It's like, well, Sex Lies is about people. This isn't, right? Like, yeah. This is no. about... Yeah. Monsters. That's types It's about monsters. Monsters. Yeah. monsters, yeah. Although I spent about three quarters of the film like just trying to picture Ben Stiller as Hank Azaria instead, and imagine what it would be like had he been in that role. Mm. Oh, Hank Azaria? would be amazing. Because Ben Stiller... So, I mean, right off the top, like, that that whole side relationship, this affair that he Has with Amy Berman? I don't see it. You don't buy it? Not a a chance. I don't buy it at all, no matter how. And I, I buy him as that character... I bought, like, the moment he started speaking, like, the moment he's introduced, teaching the class, and it's like, and I, and I, and I wanted to put aside my idea of what Ben Stiller is on camera in general, and mm-hmm. say, oh. here he is teaching this class, and he's doing this thing, and he's doing the, the French Restoration Theater, and he's, you know, he's, he's showing, you know, what it's like. Okay, I buy that. But the moment he tries to create that relationship with her, and she's attractive, and she's, you know, I'm not saying that attractive and unattractive people don't connect, but... I couldn't buy it. Mm-hmm. And that's why while through it, it's like, if I took a similar actor, a similar comedic mm-hmm. actor to put him into a role like this, that's why Hank Azaria popped into my head. Because yeah. he's similar in that way. Wow. But I'd believe him. Yeah. I think it's more, you just get the sense that all these people are just bored. Yeah. With yeah. where they're at. And so it doesn't matter whether or not, like, I think she never would have approached him, but at the same time when he, you know, I think she's just refreshed that someone's showing some actual interest in her, mm-hmm. and it's just flattering. There's also yeah. something oh, yeah. about the show that he did that she saw that clearly she saw something in that show. Yeah. Right, that, that other production she, that we yeah, never see that, that we never see, but that to me, that's who she thinks she's going on an affair with. Absolutely, about to start, mm-hmm. and, and so that's the only reason I kind of bought it because, like, when he's right there, it's just so like, oh, he's there's something with his teeth. It's almost yeah. like he's wearing some kind of false teeth. Yep, I was yeah. wondering. About I don't that. know if he is. I don't know. I, don't think I, I think this is just Ben Stiller pre movie stardom. Maybe yeah, because he looks so. the, that turtleneck, the glasses, everything, yeah. and the goatees. He looked like Neil Lebute. Yes, he does. <laughs> yeah, which is he's which, which explains a great deal. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's fair. But yeah, Ben Stiller is so unlikable in every single frame of this movie. Yeah, basically, he's just smarmy and he's he's self obsessed and he's pathetic, pathetic and arrogant. Harry is also pathetic in a completely different but way. lovably yeah. pathetic, lovably but pathetic somehow. except for his friendship with Jason Patrick. Right. It's yeah. like I, I was like I was no, so completely you know on Aaron Eckhart's side and then it was just like oh my. Girl. There are those friendships. There are those oh, lifelong friendships which yeah. you're friends with an asshole. Yeah. But it's also, but it's not that he's friends. Like, Aaron Arkell looks at him with this endearment. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he like puts him up on a pedestal. Exactly. Which is so, like... It's still, they have the same relationship from when they first met yeah. in grade nine or whatever it was, mm-hmm. where yeah. this was like the fucking guy. Col- Again, it's college relationships. Yeah. That, yeah. that have yeah. gone on too long. Yeah. You know, yeah, that have like early. stagnated. But Aaron Arkell, just his physical 
appearance is so different. Yeah, well, and he, his, that mustache, the hair, like the little pot belly he has. Yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a stunt. Like the whole movie is is Neil Butte saying, "I can do another movie besides in the company of men," because mm-hmm. he cast Eckhart in this one and had him gain the weight and be schlubby and be just the opposite of it's Chad, right? In the first, I can't remember the, the name of the character, but yeah, but he's the anti-Chad in this. He's totally. he's sympathetic. Weak will and right through to the end. Yeah, he's the like, only. He doesn't change, which he, is good. He I like and that. Nastasia Kinski are the closest thing to decent people in the entire yeah. uh, film because they never cheat and they never mm-hmm. they never do anything that could be perceived as. Well, I guess Kinski is destructive in that she breaks up a relationship, but yeah, but it's not her fault. Yeah, and, and she has that heartbreaking last scene where she's like, "Just talk to me," or whatever yeah. she's saying, yeah. "Answer me, answer, answer me." She's way more interesting than than as a character than most of the other ones. But the problem I have with it this time is that it's just. I, the only reason any of these people exist is to be Neil Labute's puppets. Like that's always a problem I have with his yeah. with his work is that he's not sophisticated enough a filmmaker the way that say Martin McDonough is mm. to hide grand statements. He's horror. He shouldn't direct his own shit. Yeah, he's like, like he doesn't un- he doesn't get his dialogue. Oh, he gets it so good. No, like, no, he he he, he, like, he doesn't know that you get it. He's like, he doesn't trust the audience. Absolutely not. And he like paces it out. Hor- like that movie was plodding, and it's yeah. got to be that overlapping movie was long and like for it's not a long movie. Well, yeah. because they're 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 taking a half a full half second pause in all of those things that should be interruptions. It should be over. There's why is there z- almost zero overlapping in this mm. film. It should no, be overlapping all over the fucking The final there. conversation between Ben Stiller and Catherine Keener, it's like they say the same thing to each other five or six times, and it's like, what? why but do she we... She does tell to shut up because of that. Th- like, I, I mean, don't need to hear it. Thank God, but also like, yeah, but okay, we get it. You yeah. said that once. We get it. You get it. Stop it. You look at, like, I watched Molly's Game last night, and you watch that, and it's Sorkin, right? Well, Sorkin. But it's just, but it's also his first time directing, right? Right, mm-hmm. and you know it's not the visual masterpiece that other films that have been written by Sorkin that are directed by like you know Danny Boyle and um, Fincher, Fincher, and, and you know the list goes on and on. But there's still that rhythm and that pattern, and it's like right. the, the energy to it, even though it's really just a bunch of scenes that take place in rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, that's all. It's just a series of conversations. All that movie is, yeah, uh, and monologues. But oh, yeah. but it's similar to this, uh, but yeah, it doesn't have like the rhythm is just so the tone is just so consistent oh. throughout, and that it almost just drones along. And the only thing that kind of like keeps you jolted out of it is just you know the shock treatment of the content. Yeah, mm-hmm. which and, and, which then you're just left with the shock, and then it's, yeah. that's the point. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't like, worth it. Shouldn't be. No, it's it it feels like manipulative and gross because ultimately, like I don't really understand. I don't I don't know what I'm taking away from that whole character. Like yeah. I already know that guy exists. Of course, I, I've met that guy a million times. Like I don't know what I'm getting. Yeah, from I, that. all I had in this time around was just. I could enjoy the actors. I mean, young Catherine Keener is fascinating. Oh, yeah. uh, Jason Patrick is having a great time not being directed. Like, he's clearly refused whatever LeBute <laughs> told him to do. Really? Just, oh, he's like, he's amazing. He's a brick wall. He gives nothing back to anybody. It's fantastic. No. Which brings us up to, who did you interview? <laughs> yeah, I did talk to, I've talked to Patrick and LeBute. Um, Patrick came through town to sell the film, and he was the producer, and he was really on board with it. And he, like, I worked with... I worked with this director who I think is absolutely fascinating. He fell for In the Company of Men hard mm-hmm. and wanted to make this movie. And mm. um, it, it was it came together, if I remember this correctly, because it was 20 years ago. Uh, it came together because um, In the Company of Men was doing the film festival route, but it hadn't opened yet. So Patrick basically jumped on so that they could get it funded. Right. And he was... Totally, he said he was totally in awe of Labute and he wanted to play this role and be this guy yeah. who he'd never been. And wow. it was a big challenge for him. And it's true that it, I mean, I don't think it was a big challenge for him. I think he just, he just did it because right. it was easy. Like it was a, it was a role that appealed to him mm-hmm. and let him show a side of himself that he doesn't or hadn't at that point done. And I don't think he was miscast. I, I, like, no, I think I he's having he's terrific. the best time of anybody because he yeah. is not trying to make art. He's just in the moment doing the performance. Yeah. No, I like the characters. Well, as dislike as dislike. Well, the other, yeah, as that's like the other problem. Right? so much more. Yeah. It, I, I was thinking in my head, because the only thing I liked from him was the monologue. 
Sorry. The Timothy? The ridiculous monologues where he's talking to someone that isn't talking back for no good reason are yeah. stupid. That's and because, I hated them, like, Neil Beat's an artist and we yeah, just don't get it. it. No, no, no. It's, it's incredibly self-conscious. But his, his monologue about that time with it raping the boy. The kind of he raped Timothy. He, it was amazing. Yeah. But everything else, I, like, I want... Maybe not Michael Shannon, but with someone with that level oh my of character God, and confidence no. to mm-hmm. play that part because he didn't. For me, he didn't have it. I didn't buy him as that guy in the oh. least. And as as I'm watching, I'm like, "What? This doesn't make any sense." And then when he did that monologue, I'm like, "Oh, this is all that was bullshit. This is who he really is." And but then we go on, and it's like, "Oh no, no, he he's he, still an asshole. He's supposed to be this other guy that he's just not." For me, he didn't. He didn't sell it at all. Mm. It didn't work. It didn't work for me. Yeah. How much do you think he loved the recurring line of "It's just common decency"? Like it's just common decency. It was common decency. Yeah, it made sense treat. the first time, but that's no. that's that is in the script. That's in a red highlighter yeah. when everything else is in a yellow. Yeah, highlighter. yeah right. <laughs> that's yeah, how you this know is the thing. Each of the characters have that repeating thing, and they yeah. you know, still are constantly being fade and up and Yeah. Well, and there's the sequence in the gallery, which is the same dot. Like, that's just, yeah. that's Neil Butte stealing that from Hal Hartley, which really pisses me off. Like, Hartley can do beautiful, <laughs> repeating dialogue, and did in the late 80s and early 90s. Yeah. And Labute clearly saw those movies and was like, I can do that. I'm awesome. It's like, no. Yeah, so he does the art gallery scene too. Repeat, repeat. Yeah, repeat, yeah. Those repeat. are the same. But it was yeah. literally same the same ten scene. Lines yeah. To yeah. start at the scene each And time. I got it. You know, the second time it happened, yeah. and then the third time. The, Plus, the time, it, doesn't, it doesn't follow through, right? Because yeah. you can't have the repetition with every character because she would never, like, it wouldn't work. And so you only get it four times, and it's like... Well, it makes it a comment on her more than anything else. Hmm. And the fact that she's just going through the motions with everyone the same way, not knowing how they, you know, is is what it becomes. That's true, and Kinski doesn't get enough time to develop the character outside of the gallery scenes, really. She's... Green Overseer with with Keener. She's fascinating. The way that that woman blinks. Everything I've ever seen her in, I'm always just like, what is happening? Why? I want it, but I don't understand it at all. It doesn't make any sense. Why do you talk like that? Why does your face... She's just... She looks like a 90s supermodel. Like, she looks like all of those cover girl women. And then she starts to talk, and she just, like closes her eyes so much when she blinks. I don't know. It's Something I've always clocked and always just like, what is just happening? No reptiles have the same function. Yeah, 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 she's like, I don't know, she's she's fascinating. I'm not making this as a joke, I'm actually serious. Have you seen her in Cat People? Because it's an amazing performance. Uh, no, it's I a, have not. a weird physical performance where Paul Schrader is directing her to do oh, cool. bizarre things, and she's just like, you know what, I think I found a truth, and she comes up with a character that's consistent. It's amazing. The film gets a really weird reputation, but yeah. She's fantastic and used really well. I will say, the one thing that I find that's interesting about Jason Patrick is just that he is just playing a pure sociopath. Mm. And I think that's what he's reveling in, right? Yeah. And you've got like, he's got those three, the moment that I'm, and I think when I, the reason when I first saw this movie that I really loved it, I think it's just because it shocked me. Right. I think you had that great moment. And and so you weren't look, I wasn't looking at it as like, this is a great character study the way that Sex Lies is. But you look at it and just it's just a moment of like as a guy in his twenties, like, oh this is just, what I haven't seen that like this and just the craziness of this. And you know, the moments that popped for me were, you know, the Timothy speech, obviously. That opening is fantastic. When you realize he's just recording himself and practicing yeah. like Dirty talk yeah, with I somebody. Believe, yeah, I believe that. Like, it's I believe just, she would believe that. Oh, I mean, it's just it's just a bad joke. It's like it, again, it's nothing no human being would actually do. Right. But it's just funny because of that because it's so over the fucking top. And then he has the great blow line of the movie. The fucking watch doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> or right. or whatever he says, the, the callback to the watch joke. Um, and then the the thing that killed me was that, like one of my and as terrible as it is. One of my favorite punchline or jokes reveals is when he's just furiously berating somebody, uh, and then you realize it's because she ruined the sheets. It's oh, like, yeah. oh, it's so terrible. But you're sitting there wondering, what is it that he's so mad about? And the reveal that comes, you're like, oh, yeah. But you know what undercuts that scene, and it's Labute's own fault is the shot of the woman crying in the bathroom. Oh yeah. Because without that, it would be funnier, and it would. 
be because we're seeing real damage be done. Yeah. And and the movie doesn't understand that. Which no. Is the thing that's always the part where I'm like, oh, that's right. I hate you. I don't like. Yeah. This. Like that. That's really disturbing. Mm. The shot of her naked crying on the toilet. Yeah. We don't see her face. It's she doesn't have any lines. Yeah, it's like we'll never that's see again fucking before. awful. Yeah, that, the, yeah. the whole device is. I don't like the device anyway. It's no. Nice. And you also it's don't brutal. get like you know. There's the scene where he's. Yeah. There are three other moments where he's yelling. And you don't get to see the bathroom. We never see the. But it's like that's the scene he chooses to show the woman in when it's the most terrible, vulnerable bit. Yeah. And the way that he shows her, too, is like the most vulnerable possible way. Yeah, she's just a body. Yeah. Weeping. Yeah. And it's funny because that feels like it has the seeds of what Mary Heron does in American Psycho. Just like that little yeah, like that moment of materialism, but but pure materialism over like over people, over emotion. But I think, but she's aware of it at least. Oh, absolutely! Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. no, that's Mm -hmm. my point. Like that movie is a satire. This movie fancies itself a satire. Um, But I think of human mores in much the way that Ben Stiller's opening speech. His performance is supposed to set up the, the entire movie as, oh, we're going to watch silly mortals be moral and, and fool about. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it's self-aware enough in the writing and the execution because every actor is doing something a little different and Stiller's not working at the same... You know, as you just said, there's no real reason these these characters should be together at all except that they're puppets of, of Labie. Like, he wants these personality types together. Mm-hmm. Plus, he doesn't name them, which... He, I mean, they're they're named in the end credits, but... I don't know if you noticed, it was really obvious to me this time, their names are never spoken. It's always friend, my friend, his wife, people cut off each other. Oh, I thought it was from, yeah, yeah, he told me. Timothy Timothy has a name. Yeah, Timothy has a name. Timothy's got a name. So he doesn't cut him off. But their names rhyme in the credits. And wait a half second. No, no, no. Who was Aaron Eckhart talking to when he was talking about how the best lay was himself at the beginning of the movie? Some guy at work. Well, like, but yeah. that doesn't happen no. ever yeah. again in the film. It's such a strange it, way to be introduced to that off. character. They put, you know, Patrick in. Put the, any of, literally any of the men in there. Well, it's yeah. surprising Patrick, to me that this like, wasn't written for theater. Yeah, right? it probably it was. Kinda, kinda considered comes it comes out like that some a little point. bit. Yeah, like, well, the gallery scenes, the fact that we never see the picture that they're, t- you know, yeah. like so much of it could be. No, I mean that yeah, like that self-conscious stage gimmickry that doesn't yeah. translate yeah. to the film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could have had that as like an earlier locker room scene between, like literally locker room scenes. Uh, because I mean, what's great about there is a bookend to that where at the end he's masturbating and he can't. Yeah. You know? So it, it yeah, it's the, a yeah, good setup. Like, it works. It's just so odd that he's talking to someone that we never see again, who sort of looks like him, sort of looks like Ben Stiller. Well, so close-ups it's, con- or, or at least it's confusing. He's a junior yeah. guy who works with him, and it's a random conversation. Well, they're both having lunch, right? And it's yeah. our introduction to Aaron Eckhart, which right. is why it's so confusing because you think, oh, this guy's also going to matter because he's being featured in the same shot right. as much screen time in this scene. As Aaron Eckhart, like yeah, it's just a, movie a weird that, yeah, you don't red herring. Yeah, but he has no dialogue, yeah, right? Like, does no, anybody else have any word. dialogue at all? Just the six leads. No, he. Well, this guy talks. The guy does in the he? first scene, he does because he, he, there's a back and forth about it. That's I, I why I found it so strange that we never see him again because he talks. He's just okay. a random dude, and it's also it's funny. That's the one scene. I don't know. Schematic. I think it's a script. A bad introduction. It's also weird, like, that's the one scene that feels like that's a Jason Patrick scene and not an Aaron Eckhart scene. Right. Like, but maybe, but you get the sense it's like, it's a weird introduction scene because he's almost trying to, like, put on the clothes of his buddy. Yeah. You yeah. know? And, and, and do what his friend does so well that he endears. But if that scene came later, if that scene came after the Timothy to me monologue mm-hmm. you'd get it because you're like oh you're trying to be him and see what that feels like mm-hmm. as opposed to the schlub that you are in every other scene yeah. mm-hmm. alternately though if that was written for Patrick's character initially like that's the first time we hear him talk about the great lay he's ever had I'd buy and it it turns out that he's been hiding this other story that works dramatically yeah, better in, mm-hmm. in, if he only tells the truth to his friends rather than his co-workers it's we more also, interesting. Well, there's lots of ways to make this movie more interesting. Than do, yeah. do we ever spend time really just with Aaron Eckhart and Ben Stiller? They have one scene together, I think. Where just it's at the just, end? just No, there's one ben? early on and one towards the end. Well, there's one at the end when the he when comes, comes to Yeah, when he's in the wake. But I just... Oh, no, that's right, because the scene they have together is the scene with, with the, the partners, with Keener and... With, yeah, uh, exactly. Like, it's yeah. just, it's presented as if they have this friendship, but we only ever see them as part of a trio or a foursome. It's, right, an, right. it's an odd note to sort of miss, because I never get a sense of them actually having a relationship. Hmm. 
So, in fact, the betrayal sort of seems less. Like, I don't think of them as being particular yeah, friends, so it doesn't... And Stiller refers to him as my best friend a number of times. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah and, so, and actually, so does Aaron Eckhart. Like, he, they, you know, but it only seems to matter when they're talking about what has been taken as opposed to yeah. their yeah, actual you've been friendship. Told that they're best friends. Right, so oh, right, 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 right. Tell, show. don't show. Yeah, tell, yeah. don't show. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah, auteur has made his declarations. Yeah. We don't, we don't it's a shorthand. <laughs> it's a shorthand. The scene in the bookstore I found very effective. Oh, yeah. the It's that's And especially... That was hard because you walk out of the room like, he hates women. Yeah. Like, this yeah. man hates women. Like, it would have been pretty does. glorious I mean, if he'd been immediately player. hit by a large, like, like literally, if he'd walked, we followed yeah. him out of the bookstore, like, and, and then he was then, like, pulverized over. by a Sex in the City tour bus. Like, that would just be, like, <laughs> fucking glorious. That would have been great. Maybe we... I kind of yeah. wanted her to put him in his place, but... She did such a good job for a while, she and then tried, he got well, so yeah. he violent. Just, just which is such a it. huge statement on like the whole issue with the whole man woman yeah. physical thing, where it's yeah. like, well, that's the problem. Is that a man uh, has that size that often, physical, and that physical yeah. thing that is just like, yeah, it's just there's nothing she could do about it. It's horrifying. Yeah, and well, in a bookstore too, all those small corridors. Well, yeah, yeah bookstore like that. Packed into yeah, when she, she walked away from him and went into a smaller room, I was like, no, please, yeah. no, please don't go that way. Please uh, go the other way. Actually, that's another scene where they are, where they are together, Eckhart and. Uh, they're in the bookstore. You're right. Oh, yeah. They're in the bookstore and they're talking that's about. Yeah. yeah, that's a good. And the only thing that was crossed my mind is, oh my god, it's Ghostbusters! I'm waiting for the the books to start floating. Yeah. But it's also just like, you know, just to echo the conversation we had uh, in, in our sex life conversation about, like, movies holding up. And it's like, this movie didn't even try... I mean, I don't think it's ever... wasn't even trying to hold up at the time it came out. Yeah, there's no hint mm-hmm. in realism. There's no... Like, the theatricality is the selling point. So, mm-hmm. in a weird way, it does... It's This is what I was it saying. It holds about. up that way. Sure. Yeah, it's emblematic of that certain kind of art house uh, calculation in the in the 90s where all you needed was a bunch of pretty people and a director with something to say and you could get a movie made i think there's a chance i could have appreciated that what were you, what was the year 98 92 98 98 yeah it's later because company men was 97 this came right after so 20 years ago yeah almost yeah i might have appreciated that film then but i, I it's it's almost unwatchable now mm-hmm. although i i'm glad i stayed awake for it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean there's moments in there that are like oh that's interesting but yeah it's a tough it's a tough one um but it's funny cuz i can't i can't really pin it on anybody's individual performance no, like they were all in di- they were all in different movies and you know, but they were all doing their thing. No, it's the director. It, it was. It was this weird smorgasbord of casting. No, it's and the like, filmmaking itself. It's the yeah. storytelling itself. Yeah. It's not the performances. Yeah. It's a little bit the writing, but it's a lot the directing. Yeah. Well, it's not really about anything. There's no it's real thematic story. Right. No, yeah. it's just... People yeah. are bad. People will betray you. I mean, that's... Yeah. I think he thinks he's working with essential human truths, and... We're we're all Catherine Keener going. You said this. You said this. Yeah, I'd, yeah. I'd like to go home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's the voice of the yeah. audience. That actually that makes me like the movie more. Because any situation where I get to be like Catherine Keener, yeah, I'm yeah. in. Yeah. Well, but her character Love is. Catherine I mean, yes, yeah, she she sleeps around on the guy who's sleeping around on her, but she's. And she's her her angst and her unhappiness predates that relationship. It feels yeah. like yeah, he's she, well because yeah. With, well, it's introduced long before she meets the woman. She, she just breaks back to her patterns. Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't want to talk about but she's, anything meaningful. Yeah. But she's weirdly true to herself. Like all yeah. her conversations with people are genuine. Yeah, well, it's genuine. It's, it's, she's like Spader. She, oh, like, she's, she's, she's yeah. a Spader character. Yeah. In this movie, yeah, the very first time we see her, they're they're you know mid coitus, and she's like. This Shut isn't, up. stop Shut this. Up. You're yeah. doing it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's inside her and she's like, no, this is, this is wrong. Yeah. Get, and right. get me some ice cream on yeah, the way. Yeah, yeah. Like and she's, that little she's self-satisfied delivery of that where she's just like, yeah. you know what, I'm going to twist the knife a little bit. I want yeah. ice cream. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, yeah. She probably does want ice cream, but she's also Absolutely. taking yeah. the opportunity. Right. Because you're introduced to this character. You don't know that he's not walking out on a random fuck. Like, the, yeah. The, at first, I thought it was the Katy Perry look-alike that he was having the. the, the I thought so too. Oh right, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Because she, she comes not, back. 
Super bright light. Yeah, at the end. Yeah. And, and she doesn't no, get to say anything. No dialogue at all. Ever. Although On she's purpose, incredibly expressive. Even though people are talking to her. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah. yeah. She never mm. says a word. Yeah. Even Nobody. though she's in quite a bit of the movie. Almost no one else does. It's yeah, really... Again, she, she just has... Yeah. She's been to over... You know, the, there's thing. a cost to that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that much of a cost. <laughs> yeah. The between non-speaking You've cast that actor for five scenes. You might as well talk. It's this, and she gets up to five lines. Yeah. She only needs the five lines to be an actor. She probably yeah, does. I get it. it. Oh, yeah. She didn't even have one. No, I know, but she could have had five, and then it could have been semi human. Yeah. Doesn't the guy, oh, the guy at the hotel desk gets a line. Yeah, like. Can yeah. I give you this card instead? Yes, that's fine. Like, he actually speaks. I remember being surprised this time. I was like, oh, he talked. Like, was he trying. Was Neil Butte trying to say that everybody hates women? Because like that's just what I get from that. It's that women are weak, and women are. Oh, that's what I saw. I saw men are men are horrible. Yeah, men are pathetic. Men are needy pieces of shit. And if you got rid of them all, then women would have a chance at having some kind of a decent life. But there's but there's just this like that relationship breaks. But that's every movie. But there's also the there's also the construction of it though. Like, you know, like faceless, voiceless woman crying naked on the toilet. Woman who never speaks. Amy Brennan. Like it like she ends up sleeping with all of them, technically. Yeah, yeah. and so she, now she's with Jason uh, Patrick. And that's and that's a terrible like. Yeah, in what you know how? And she's pregnant with she's his child. Pregnant with his yeah. baby, like what? It's supposed yeah. to be this shocking reversal, Horror but again, it's film. one that only works if you don't have characters. It doesn't make these yeah. people are people. <laughs> no. It only makes sense in the context of this double feature where it's the same ending as Sex Lies. Except right. completely different. Yeah. Except yeah. completely different. Yeah, yeah. In the con- yeah, in the but context this of this it makes sense, but just like what yeah, the nobody likes fuck? It. No, that was that was like not Yeah, it, it's all show. Yeah. It's all show. Well, all, all three of the Labute trilogy, like this in the shape of things and, and um uh, in the company of men. She- Shape of Things is the wrong title, isn't it? No, that's right. No, the Shape of Things. Shape, yeah, yeah sorry. Right. Shape of Water is in my not head. In, you said in the Shape of Things. Yeah. Oh, just, no. Just in, in the movies. In the Shape of Things. Yeah. In this and in, in The Company of Men. It's a lot of ends. Uh, they all end with a big surprising twist where somebody's been fucking somebody. And it's supposed to be a huge shock. It's like well, in the like Shape of Things. The twist yeah, exactly. <laughs> the twist in Shape of Things... It's slightly much harder. They're all landing. And you buy it in a different way. Yeah, and in In the Company of Men, it's an incidental, oh, and by the way, which just cements how shitty a character is, which is, again, it's a stunt, but it serves the story better. This is just like, eh. I got no. a thing. I got a pattern. I'm gonna. I'm gonna fall yeah. into it. I need. I'm rushing to see the shape of things. No, you know. Here's. The, I will I say this. It's not bad. Paul Rudd is great. Rachel Weisz is terrific. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. He gets great cast for these. He films. does. And actors love working with him because he lets them do whatever they want to do. Important yeah. speeches and swear and shape of things is at least about something. Yeah, yeah. And it's interesting. And it's, yeah, there's an arc. There's a focus there's a story. There's a focus to it, uh, and it's got a great fucking ending. Mm. Uh, it has an actual ending as opposed to just stopping at the most shocking moment. Right. Yeah. Just like, I Maybe I couldn't even wrong. tell that it was her because in my head I was like, there's no fucking way that yeah. this is how this movie is ending with this waste of time. Yeah, like that that would appear after the credits as a joke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it would never appear as the end of the, no. the actual end of the movie. No, in it's monstrous. She's <laughs> yeah. pregnant. He's just talking to her ass and then pull out reveal. It's like, like, what? I think the only way it makes sense is if that character basically is the devil and he's been trying to impregnate this woman with his spawn for the Mm. entire movie. He finally gets everybody else out of the way. He's playing some kind of nightmare Tetris. Sure, but then Michael Shannon. Yes, yes, if it was Michael Shannon, like Michael Shannon is always playing the devil. Like in whatever, (laughs) seriously, I believe this. No, no, no. no, Not the night before. That's right. Oh, no, the, not the not uh, be- uh, creatures. No, he, yeah, uh, he's playing an angel in the night. Heavenly, yeah. heavenly. No, not heavenly creatures. What is nocturnal, the, nocturnal, uh, nocturnal, nocturnal animals. Nocturnal animals. Nocturnal animals. I haven't yeah. seen. 
Uh, he is amazing. Watch it. Fun. It's fantastic. Yeah, he's he's guys, I'm, I'm going to tell you, he's still playing the devil. No, Every no, no. single he's character the, he's no, ever no, played no. is the devil. He's the not the night before. He's playing an angel. Yeah, <laughs> and he's basically playing the Archangel Gabriel in uh, Nocturnal Animals, Yes, but have you ever seen the Archangel Gabriel and devil in the same place at the same time? This is because true. The devil can Just watch it, Alex. You'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's yeah. an otherwise <laughs> god-awful movie. Speaking of misguided artist films, uh, you know, Tom Ford, ooh, everybody looks amazing and they wear great shirts, but, oh, it's a terrible terrible movie um the, this though like this one with the oh with the fucking metallica it's like aren't oh, i yeah. edgy i'm playing classical metallica, metallica covers metallica. It's like dude what are you 10 come on it's everything about this film feels like an impression of a really cool art house movie. <laughs> well it's, all, it's also one of those things that happens when it's that era of indie movie where money is flowing around yeah. cocaine is flowing around and it's like he has a movie in the company of men, does the festival circuit, he's the hot shit. It's like, what do you got right away? Yeah. And he shits out this thing, yeah. this uh, script. Yeah. And he's like, and can you get it into production next week? It's like, sure can. Yeah. Jason Patrick's there to help. Yeah. You know? Yeah, because because he wants to play this guy. Well, because he, he shouldn't yeah. play. He came right off speed too. He needed to reclaim his <laughs> I'm serious. He he was looking to do something with credibility. Uh, and this is, I mean, at the time, it was daring and, a, and a, an interesting choice for him. But now you look back and it's just like, ooh, yeah, this has mold on it. This is, <laughs> well, it's almost like, and it's and it's funny because Labute predates this, but it's like it's almost like he's trying to be Todd Solentz. Mm-hmm. Um, well, Happiness was the same year. Like, well, it was the same year. Yeah, that's he, what I thought. They was, were on the same. It time. was in the air. Yeah. Whereas like, Todd Solentz is shocking. Like if if Mamet wrote. Todd Solon. Or a shitty man that wrote Todd Solon. Present day man. Late period man. But you know what I mean? But it's, like, it's almost Mamet. like yeah. he wants that kind of... But there's there's more craft to what Solon's is doing. Oh, yeah. Like here, the like the most daring stuff is the one take in the in the bookstore and the idea that, you know, we're, the, there is some artistry being applied, but it doesn't serve anything. Like, Solon's is always building a case against his characters... Uh, and and why we should still care for them? Like his universes are just full of shit falling on people and heaped upon them, and you're you're the only person you're in happiness. Like the only sympathetic person in your life is also a child molester, uh, or a, a horrible phone sex um, harasser, yeah. and you still have to have a family with these people, and you can get through it if you're strong. And here it's just like, well, you know, people suck. And there's nothing. There's nothing deeper. It was. It was the interesting thing that that Sex Lies and Videotape did so well was that inherent relationship between mm. the sisters. That like this is okay. So all of these people just lose each other's phone numbers and they never see each other yeah. again. And the world is better for it. Like who cares? Yeah. There's no ties that bind. No, no. They're yeah. gonna. They're gonna spread their disease. Uh, I, well, they're people. gonna have a goddamn devil yeah. child that well, will be played sure. by Michael Shannon in the sequel. Oh, that's cool. You could do it like a, a twenty-five years later. <laughs> oh, uh, no. and, and it's just Michael Shannon welcoming people into his apartment. And we never see them again. There's just flames. <laughs> flames. How are you doing? Hey, come on in. You want to watch the ball game? Go, ball game's on. Come flames, on. In. The door flames. slams shut. Flames, Next door flames opens. On the side of my face. Here's the French. Take off your pants. I, and yet I, I would watch that. I would, I would watch, yeah, watch that. I would watch Michael, oh, yeah. S- Michael Shannon, Demon Superintendent. No so I definitely that. think this was the right... We watched these movies in the right order. Oh, yes. No question. Because I don't think we could have made it through the second one. No. I, yeah, I, I don't know. No, I think I would have been way too jaded. The palate cleanser. Yeah, it's true. But it does make... It's weird because like, like we were saying at the beginning of this, like Sex Lies is by no means a romantic comedy. But it comes off that way after you after you finish this. It has like, a happy What a sweet movie that was. was. It certainly has romance in it. I mean, yeah. it's not traditional at all. But like, they're they're those two are in love. They're you know they yeah. love each other in a very yeah. deep way. They find each other they find by each serendipity. Other. They, they yeah. fall in love. They, they go through some trials, yeah. and Peter Gallagher gets what he deserves. Yeah, and then yeah. grows up to be either Jason Patrick or Aaron Eckhart. Because uh, either way, it doesn't uh, really matter. There's so yeah. I want to believe he's Tim. He he's Timmy. He's Timmy. <laughs> oh. Well, it would explain why he can never fill Awful. the emptiness inside him. Awful. Ugh. No. Yeah. Real real yeah. theme of erectile dysfunction in this film. Yeah. Hmm. And for although, 
Sexualized, he's impotent in that too. Oh yeah. Yeah, but he owns up to it. Oh yeah. No. Going yeah, into yeah, a yeah. relationship, he's no. But this this is a movie about men that are all impotent uh, and don't know what to, and are angry because of it, and don't know what to do about it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and isn't really that all men? Isn't that the point of the, oh this fucking movie? I'm sorry. No, no it's just like every like you're supposed to walk out of the theater buzzing about its themes and so excited. It's like again, I'm with Keener. It's like I here's ten dollars. Let me leave this restaurant. Yeah, I'm L- so lunch. Tired. Lunch was a mistake. Yes, she Neil says he actually was lunch was a mistake. mistake. That's a better title, really. <laughs> that should have been your headline for the review, Norm. Lunch yeah. was a mistake and filmed in. Uh, I think we're going to write that right now. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can hack. We can bash that out. Oh, man. At six characters, none of them has any names because you know, aren't we all the same? <laughs> yeah. It, do, it does make me want to go back and revisit the shape of things because I do remember really enjoying that as a whole, as opposed to this, which I think I just enjoyed moments of shock value initially. See, I, I, I read the play Shape of Things first and loved it, and then I saw the movie and wanted to vomit. Really? I've never uh, seen the yeah. movie because I heard that because I loved the play. I saw the play first, and I think the I, movie... I directed the play. Yeah. And it was different. Amazing! <laughs> it was, oh, it was so good! Uh, <laughs> was just more Tompa in it. Uh, his dialogue is way better when I'm directing it. <laughs> Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, the movie's not bad. I mean, it's uh, the movie was fine, but but it's it just wasn't your. He vision. shouldn't direct his own. Mm. No, I'm, I'm inclined it to agree. It could have been. It could have been a lot better in my in my opinion. Unless it's the Wicker Man, right, Alex? Wicker Man forever. The bees, the bees, they're in my eyes, not the bees. <laughs> Punch. <laughs> I mean, that is yeah, that is true. You have yeah, not lived. Bitches. It's you, so good, guys. You, Watch the Wicker Man. You haven't seen. You have not lived until you've seen Nicolas Cage. Bike Jack Molly Parker while wearing the bottom half of a bear costume. He like clotheslines her. It's amazing. So... And he fully punches Kathy Bates in the face. There are only two things guys, I know about. Guys, what are you doing right face. now? Who wants to watch the Wicker Man? I'm not done. Can I, can I find these scenes on YouTube? 100%. Yes. Don't sure. watch the whole movie. Just watch you know, the YouTube. You know watchmojo.com or whatever? The okay. YouTube. So no. it'll be on the... Like worst moments in cinema or something. Two, those two moments. Yeah, like they're both most amazing. ridiculous Nicolas Cage moments. Yeah, just, just go to YouTube and type "not the bees." <laughs> I guarantee. Or Nicolas Cage punches the whole thing. Kathy Bates. Oh, it's my favorite. That's so good. All right. Any other final thoughts? Besides, I, I was so Man? looking forward to your friends and neighbors, and so dreading watching Sex Lies videotape. And it's the complete opposite for me. That's I love Sex Lies and videotape uh, today, yeah. and I could, I couldn't stand your friends and neighbors really. Yeah, this just uh, for, you know this just confirms for me that Steven Soderbergh is probably my favorite American filmmaker. Period. Wow. Because uh, I hadn't revisited some of the earlier stuff, and King Hill came out on. Uh, Soderbergh's filmography ago. is insane when you look at it. And oh. all, all the different stuff he's done and yeah. just the different different. Sandboxes he plays in. Yeah, I did a, a ranking for now when Logan Lucky came out last summer, and I ended up just going through every single title. Yeah. So I think twenty-seven or twenty-eight features wow. in uh, thirty years, and Jeez. yeah, maybe three of the well, the Ocean's films are all kind of similar. Sure. And yeah. other than that, there's there's a, maybe a like an intellectual consistency, a cerebral consistency. Uh, Contagion feels a lot like. What was the other one that came up when I was doing that? Those ones pissed me off. Ocean's films. Ah, there is superhero. No, no, no. They're awesome. The Black Hole. They were great. Oh, Contagion's great. Contagion's like the lost master. That and Solaris are the two that people don't think about, but Mm. they're just amazing. Yeah, just that Solaris bubble. I'm sure Norm's seen Bubble. I've seen Bubble. That's one of the. Bubble was his experiment. It was an experiment. It was when when he was like the first one to do day and date. Yeah, multi-platform. And so it was like going to theaters the same day it hit iTunes, the same day it hit... um, Oh, it was... Pay-per-view. Pay-per-view, on-demand, Blu-ray, HD, DVD, all of it in the same three-day span. And unfortunately, it just wasn't a really interesting movie. No, that was the problem with it. It wasn't. If it was a good yeah. movie, it would have been different. It was, like, do that with an Ocean's movie, and but we'll see. And watch Warner Brothers cease to exist. But, but he tried to do that with Lucky Louie. Not Lucky Louie. Lucky, Lucky, which he self-distributed, yeah. yeah. He still had to, to partner up with theatrical and, and uh, distributors. In but that's America. what makes him interesting. Like He's just an interesting guy. Oh, yeah, in yeah. In general, he does that kind of stuff. I don't know. I'm sure Norm has seen these kind of things, but he does this... He he has this interesting website that's not as active as it used to be at one point. Oh, but he'll do these interesting experiments where uh, he does these things on his own. And so he started posting mm. them. Like he took uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark 
and stripped out the entire sound and made it black and white and just put some other score behind it. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it was. And now, and and he has he does this all the time with movies, especially with someone like Spielberg, just to study blocking. Oh, interesting. Yeah. And it's by doing that, by muting That's the colors cool. yeah. and by getting rid of the sound, it just forces you to just see how does the story play right. visually. Yeah. And interesting. Is a perfect example of that from yeah. visual storytelling. He did um, he did a, a multi. I don't know how to explain it, but he cut Prometheus and Alien together into something called Derelict and makes Prometheus good for the first the, time. The first era, Alien. Yeah, the yeah, first Alien, Alien and Prometheus. Yeah, and Prometheus. Oh, and really? it's called Derelict and it's out there. And he did it with uh, 2001 as well. He recut it somehow. He's a fascinating guy. Yeah. And he makes a movie a year. I like. I kind of hate him. And then well, he did the Nick. And the Nick, yeah. yeah. I, I had Eric over uh, to do the podcast and it was like, we, we have to talk about the new because I'm fascinated by it. There's just yeah. these, he shot two 10-hour feature films, oh, basically. Yeah. Um, and out of like out of sequence and in different sets and his and shot and cut it himself. And the guy's the guy's a machine. It's amazing. And he's one of those people that I've interviewed over the years and so many times that I'm like we're we're a little friendly. I've run into him in, in New York a couple of times just on the street or in this one bar that I know we both like. And I'm like Hey. You've stalked him in this one bar. I have no I swear. <laughs> I was there first. Is he your screensaver right now? Yeah. <laughs> on the other hand, on the GPS, I knew he was on his way yeah. there. But no, like I we we I must have told you this story before. No. Uh, Kate and I were we go to, to um New York for Thanksgiving, American Thanksgiving every year because a friend of ours has a restaurant and he has this Thanksgiving dinner that's just so good. And we claim that we're supporting Andrew by going to his restaurant, but he doesn't need us. We just love it. So uh, we were at another one of his places in Tribeca uh, a couple days later. It's like the Saturday or Sunday. And we're coming out of it, and we rounded a corner, and Soderbergh was walking up the street. And I have this reaction to him because I've interviewed him so many times, and he, he doesn't do short interviews. It's like 45 minutes minimum. Wow. Uh, for a phone or even he's he's amazing he says that way it weeds out people who don't have anything to say oh, and we have always a great conversation and we the first time we met it was this i interviewed him twice in two days at tiff in 96 because once was for print and once was for tv mm-hmm. uh for and he was here with gray's anatomy and schizopolis and so the next day i come like we had this great conversation for print and then the next day i came in with camera crew and he's like what are you kidding me the, the recorder didn't work this is why you're, you brought cameras this time and so we just we've been like friendly yeah. for off and on for 20 years and so I, we rounded the corner and I reacted to him the way I went to an old friend I hadn't seen which is like hey I didn't know you were here and I freaked him out like <gasps> completely because oh, wow. he's used to going incognito yeah. yeah, and it's like he just he blanched and kind of stepped back like dude it's okay and he, he figured it out after a second but you know in totally wrong context yeah. and so I now know that I respond to him as a friend and he does not respond to me <laughs> <laughs> but it's unrequited okay. friendship still my favorite American filmmaker <laughs> Steven yeah. I have had that uh, kind of relationship with when, when I've edited something mm-hmm. that I'm staring at the actors for oh, many, yeah. many hours, uh-huh. and they have no idea who the fuck I am. <laughs> and when you see them either at the rap party or wherever, you're like, hey, and it's like, oh, right, I look at you all day, you do not <laughs> spend any time with me. <laughs> I apologize, we'll continue on our separate paths. Right. <laughs> yeah. I do not get that response from Neil Butte. Yeah, I can say that. I had that with an actor once. Okay. We, we were in a class together, I barely knew her, and she wasn't there for very long. But we had to do an exercise where you look across at each other. You don't say anything. You're just looking at each other. And then in your head, you go through three different scenarios that the two of you have been through. Okay. And just as you're making eye contact and just breathing. So, you know, it's like five minutes for each one. So it's like 15 minutes you're staring at this person. And you're going through these scenarios in your head. And then she left the class, I think. And then it's like eight months later, I started on an audition. And went up to her. I was like, hey, how's it going? And she's like, who are you? Oh <laughs> like, and then she's like, oh, right, hi. You know, but like, I wanted to hug her. And I was like, oh my God, those well, exercises. We were married and you were dying. I don't, I don't Your scenarios were very different from hers. They were very different. Yeah. Hers, she was like, what the fuck is this exercise? Right. And then I'm like, man, that fire is really roaring. You know? <laughs> 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 yeah, it was really bizarre. It was really, Did you make sure really the kids were asleep? No. <laughs> You were just a void to her. Uh, (laughs) We did it, guys. This this one takes a lot out of you. Well, thanks, guys. This is the first official double double feature I've done on the podcast. Oh, really? What? What Well, we did. 
we yeah, we did it Seven Samurai, and but we didn't do we didn't we watched them two nights apart because oh. that otherwise that's oh that's seven almost seven, seven hours. hours. Yeah, yeah. It's, like it's almost seven hours of viewing. Of right. yeah. yeah, Seven Samurai and Magnificent Seven together are like six and a half to seven hours of viewing, so not achievable like three in a bit in a night. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, we did them two nights in a row. Not like this. Not it's worried. possible. It's totally possible, but. It, if, if they're good movies, it's easier. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Do it for theater, man. Sure. You can do back-to-backs. I did both parts of Breath of Kings this summer. Oh, or two summers man. ago. Like, that was... That's a commitment. That's, that's six, like, and, six and change hours of, of, of stage. Of theater! Oh, I'm sure no one day. This was days of TIFF. Oh, were, yeah, but that's, oh, yeah. you know... Insanity. That's, a, that's just, you know, five or six movies, but you at least get to stand up and stretch and walk around. And, it, and there's usually enough difference from one to the other that it becomes its own kind of fun bumper car ride where you yeah. just swing from a comedy into a drama into huh. a yeah. horror film. Nope. I saw, at least we're, most of them are in the same place now. Cause yeah, the well, like it's all in Scotia. Well, theaters yeah. all over the place. If you're going to the, t- you know, to the... Uh, uh, Cumberland Terrace, and then you're heading over to. Yeah, what was the? There was one year where it was all along Bloor Street, like literally. You, mm-hmm. The nine a.m.s were at the Bloor. Yeah. And then we went to the Varsity or the Cumberland or the Uptown, but you just you you stuck to the Bloor corridor. Yeah. And it was kind of cool. I told this story on a on a previous episode through Paul Rancati, but the worst double feature I ever did, and not because I didn't like the movies. In fact, one of them was one of my favorites. But it was, uh, and it was just because of the nature of this one was stopping and this one was starting. And there was about two minutes between the two of them. Okay. I went from Zack Snyder's Dawn of the Dead into Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Oh, wow. That was, and I had to go back to watch Eternal Sunshine again the next day because I knew I loved it, but I'm like, I was not in the right. Because no. <laughs> you're going on this pulse bending, pop, 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 Zack Snyder, you know, acid Horrible. trip zombie on speed yeah. into. This heartbreaking work of staggering genius. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, I'm not in the right. My heart's still going, mm, mm, mm. The me. worst one for me was leaving Las Vegas into Basketball Diaries. It's just <laughs> too much, too much drug abuse. Did it come with a razor blade at the end? It was, it was like, to this day, I really like leaving Las Vegas. And Basketball Diaries is just torture that was horrible it was so it was not a great movie and it's the same like just everyone is dying in in so much pain and torture (laughs) horrible it was valentine's day that one oh (laughs) (laughs) and scene that's how you tell that story yeah (laughs) and there were 14 dinner guests all right thanks again guys yeah Yeah, it's great thanks for having us Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Thanks for joining us for your friends and neighbors. If you like the show, please subscribe to the podcast and spread the word about it. You can find me on Twitter at Lalon Jeremy and go to Facebook for Black Hole Films. Leave a review there or on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is you listen to this thing. And until next time, go watch something you've never seen before. Thanks. Let's all go to the lobby.